Hey, security peeps, we are back with another edition of Breaking Into Security. This is our new series. It is Breaking Into Security 2.0, the leadership series. And we have our fabulous leadership expert back again with us today. So I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping wonderful cybersecurity talent get into opportunities and amazing leaders hire cybersecurity talent. My co-host is here, Chris. Say hi to everybody, Chris. Hey, everyone. That's Chris Fulham. He does cybersecurity stuff, big stuff. He's <laughs> <laughs> so talkable. I know. And your Susie is here, the infamous Sarah Moffat, who's been here three weeks in a row. You're going to be a regular. I, I am. I am getting to be a regular. <laughs> I love being here. So right before, right before the show. So I'm a, I'm a leadership coach. And uh, one of my clients last week, I was super, super, super excited. Um, she got a job offer for 50% more than she was making. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> I think we all need to hire you. Sarah, yeah. I think I'm taking your class. <laughs> and I said, Too I, many good I, results I, here. I, I, I said, oh, this is the third person in a year that's had this happen, but it's the fourth. <laughs> and so I was so excited. Anyway, I don't know if you guys who are watching this um, ever watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And if you haven't, you need to watch it. It's so funny. Um, so Mrs. Maisel is this like housewife who... Um, gets burned something. I'm not going to ruin the, the beginning of it for you, but something happens and she ends up stumbling, stumbling onto a stage in like some club in New York city. And she, and it's a stand up, and she just ends up doing this stand up comedy routine. And she's like gold and um, ends up hiring this little kind of bad mouth, uh, bad tempered agent named Susie. <laughs> and so, uh, so anyway, my client said, thanks for being my Susie. And I thought, that's just the nicest compliment I ever got. So now I'm just going to call myself your Susie. I'm your Susie. I'm the one that's going to get you on the stage. <laughs> nice. That you can good. tell your raunchy jokes. <laughs> yeah, that is good. It seems like we all need you. We need a Susie. 50% more in compensation. Goodness gracious. Oh. Somebody else. Last week, somebody doubled their comp. The week before, somebody had um, 25K more. Uh, third, yeah, yeah. I mean, more salary. it's been over. Yeah, I've had one that got um, double. I had one that got 50% more and then two that have gotten 30, 35%. So oh, yeah, not too shabby since I just started <laughs> about a month ago. I mean, a year ago. Oh, I know. Yeah, it wasn't a month. But a you, I mean, the thing is, your experience is because you've been doing this for so long. Like, yes, you officially flip the switch on the company per yeah. se, yeah. but I mean, you've been a leadership coach forever. So um, some folks are here. We're going to jump into our topic for Hi, today. Ben. ben, I know Ben is so much fun. Um, great to have you here, Ben. And then Claudia Hi. says, good morning. Hey, Claudia. Jordan is here. I don't know if Jordan's been here before. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Yes, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> George, welcome back, my friend George. You know that I, I love to see regulars. I hmm? know. Do you know I just found out this morning that you guys are on Apple Podcasts as well? I did not know we that. We are everywhere. Hashtag breaking into cybersecurity. So here's what I wanted to talk about today. So tonight I'm doing this. Um, I really want to take people's questions. So I'm glad there's a lot of people here. So tonight I'm speaking at the Serious Play Conference and 
Uh, it's a conference for leading and leadership, de- uh, sorry, learning and development people. And the topic I'm speaking on is how to develop high performance leaders. And a lot of this stuff is stuff that you imagine it would be, you know, you need to gain leadership skills, you need to gain expertise in this and this and this, and you got to know culture and you need to know how to do a SWOT analysis and, you know, all the things that leaders need to do. But one of the things that struck me so hard was you have to like people. Yeah. I thought that was part of the minimum requirements. But here's right. the thing is how many leaders, you know, or or hash or, or uh, we could call them managers who are positive that you're going to screw up. Mm-hmm. They, they don't, you know, oh, I give you a live example. Right? <laughs> they say things like, oh, I tried this before. It didn't work. Or. Uh, oh, you know, I've seen this a million times. My least favorite thing to hear out of a leader's mouth is I've seen it all. No, you haven't. You haven't even come close to seeing it all. You've been alive for five minutes in the span of the whole world. Come on. Right. So, so anyway, this thing was like, you have to actually love people. You have to actually believe the best about people. Yeah. Even somebody who's low performing, you need to be willing to say what's happening with them. Why is this happening? And be vulnerable enough in your own leadership to start to ask them questions. You need to be able to know that um, you're not the best and to be able to go and ask people, all right, what, what am I doing? Cause I like you enough to care about how I'm leading you, <laughs> what can I do better? You know, mm-hmm. so I yeah. think having a fundamental view that people can change, that that cultures can change, is I think probably one of the single most important things in leadership. And if you look back over your past leaders, like look at your last job. Well, Renee, you work for yourself. So look at your kids. They're your bosses. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still in contact with them? Would they recommend you? For, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Questionable. <laughs> but I mean, if you look back at at bosses that you've had, my clients, how many of them have you stayed in touch with? And the ones you stay in touch with are the ones that you know cared about you. Yeah, they're the ones that you know wanted the best for you. They pushed for you. They encouraged you. Sometimes they challenged you, but at the end of the day, you knew that they liked you. And I think that that's, that's why I want to talk about attitude today. Cause I think that's the most, I think that's your mindset is the deal breaker. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning and the end. Yeah. It is. What's the Peter principle, Ben? I don't know what it is. Do you know what it is? Renee? I don't know. I wonder if he's talking about Pareto principle, but I don't know what the Peter principle is either. But I'm thinking about Jesus, like denying somebody three times. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Ben, let us know what the Peter principle is. Um, Kevin says, yes, personality is important and one must like people. I, but I think it's beyond liking people. It's it's a fundamental belief that number one, what number one, what you're doing matters that your people matter and you've got to be able to like your people enough to help them tie their personal mission to the mission of the organization. Right? So that means 
that you need to prove to the people that you are serving, that you are in fact serving them and that you, um, you know, you want the best for them. So I think, you know, everybody wants to be, uh, they want to move up the career ladder, right? Because that's more money and it's more prestige and it shows that you know what you're doing and uh, all the reasons that people want to move up. But I would say that the 1% of great leaders, the leaders that, that, make the biggest impact are the ones that move up because they genuinely want to serve people. Yeah. Genuinely want to help bring something about, okay. The Peter principle. Can I read this aloud, Chris? Yeah, sure. I was going to read it when you're done. Oh, you read it. No, no, you please. (laughs) So I looked up the Peter principle. It's the principle that members of a hierarchy are promoted until they reach a level to which you're no longer competent. I knew. I I, I would totally agree with that. Hmm. My gosh, I was just, I didn't know that's what it was called, but I <laughs> I read about that a, me- a number of years ago and I was just telling my client because she's having a hard time. I said people are promoted to their level of incompetence. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, you're no co- no longer competent. This is where you stay. <laughs> right. Yeah, so what was Ben's question about the Peter principle now? Do you want? He, he wants he, he to was... know. I'll bring it back up. Actually, I'll read it. Um why is everything too many I think comments? It had to, I think it had to do where someone um, oh. don't appear to like people by the time they become incompetent. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Can your principal play into the case of managers who appear to not like people? Yeah, I think so. Or like they're so stressed out and 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 they're incompetent, so it comes out as stress and and being mean to right. people. I think so for sure. Yeah. I think so for sure. I think. But I mean, I've worked for people who um, are so afraid of losing their power that they treat the people underneath them like garbage, you know? So for them, it's not about leading people. It's about having power. Or or they, they, they don't want to enable them because they don't want to be outshined. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that happens all the time. There's also, um, I used to think about, I would always say, what's going on at home? Like, if Mm -hmm. this person is such a tyrant, when they go home, they're probably getting like, (laughs) probably probably getting beaten up all by kids, husband, wife, whatever. And they're coming out and like, if you think about the bullies, and you take it back to like high school and middle school and things like that, right? hurt people hurt people so they would be out here i remember one in particular you know this girl she's beating everybody up and then when you get go home go to her house like her mom is completely all over her Mm. and she is like 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 a kitten but out in the streets you know it's a different person because there's the the terror, you know, you got to terrorize somebody like it's coming at you. So I always wondered, I always thought about that when I see leaders and they that well, managers or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And they're they're out here really, really, you know, wreaking havoc. I always wonder, I wonder what is going on in their home. Like they must be really struggling or unhappy or some, something else. There's always something underlying. Jenny's back with some awesome wisdom again. Um, Managers light a fire under you, whereas leaders light the fire within you. That's so true. Jenny Jenny is like, she's like 20 something, but she's really like 75. (laughs) (laughs) 
don't want 75, Jenny. She's the wisdom from within this lady. That's so hard. I had had a saying back when I was younger that um, leaders are the ones that that can guide you without a title, whereas managers need the title. Mm -hmm. That's positional leadership versus leadership. I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit last week. There's those different levels of leaders. And so that first level is... I have the title, you must obey me. And the second level is I have the title and you also like me. So that's good. And then that third level is where you can lead without a title because, because, and the differentiator at that level is that you've proven to people that you care about them, that you have their best interests at heart. So of course they're going to trust you. That's, that's the real influence. I used to work for this lady. um, I'll call her Kim. And she had, I think, probably about 80 people underneath her. And I only worked for her for about 10 months. Um, and within that time, I I don't think I could ever be as unhappy as I was. I, and I was working. She, she was calling me at 11 o'clock at night and 6 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I'm coming down to the office and, you know, putting up sequel statements and just doing all kinds of stuff that, anyway, but she would... Um, she had 80 people working for her and she would just nitpick. I don't, those shoes aren't appropriate for work. You're laughing too loudly. Um, stop trying to make people like you. And I'm like, have you ever met me? Do you think that I try to make people like me? That is like the antithesis of my personality. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she would just nitpick, nitpick, nitpick. And one of the girls that I work with actually developed a cortisol based hormone disease from having overproduced stress hormones so long <laughs> working with her. And it was just bananas. And when I left there, when I left, 30 people had filed formal complaints against her and they removed her from the building and all kinds of stuff. Um, and that was wow. like, that was how bad it had gotten. And then I went to go work for this woman named Sharon. And Sharon hired me to be um, a senior and a senior training specialist. And she's very strict, like you can't telework. You, you know, need to be here from this time to this time and just very regimented. And I was like, whatever, as long as she doesn't yell at me, I'm fine. Or as long as she doesn't like shut the door and talk about me all day, you know, just the mind games that this other lady did. And after about two months of me just, you know, head down, working really hard, Sharon started to let me telework. And then she started to say things like, you're the most talented trainer I've ever worked with. And I want to teach you this. And I want to pour this into you. And I want to do this. And and all she did was let me know, you know, yes, she was strict at first because she needed to get to know me, but then she just kept pouring into me, kept pouring into me. And I worked for her for, I don't know, three or three or four years. She was at my son's birth. She's, you know, she's become, I call her my Merlin. She's one of the most important people in my life. And I think the single most important thing that she showed me through her leadership was how much she cared about me. And that made me literally would have walked on glass for her. That's what people don't understand. That's what these leaders don't get. And uh, Claudia made a comment here about servant leadership. But the best ones, you do it for them. It's not about the job. Like people leave managers and leaders. They don't leave jobs. You know how many like, you know, uh, this guy. (laughs) I I remember a a person who would say um, a job is nothing but work. Right. So it's going to be work. And sometimes you love it. Sometimes you get get into something where you love what you do. And many times, you know, even when you love what you do, like I love the, the process of recruiting, but some of the more processy parts yeah, of well, it, 
life, but you have to do it, right? To get yeah. a person has to get hired. When they get hired, they need an offer letter. You know, they they do need got to put their social security. You got to put information in there. That's not the highlight of my day, but it has to get yeah. done for yeah. the person to get on board, right? So you need the processes. Um, however, the fun for me is coaxing somebody out of a situation like, oh, you sure you don't want to take a have a conversation? You sure you don't want to take this awesome company? You sure you don't want to talk to these leaders? You know, and doing that <laughs> and getting them over to consider something new. Now, if you have a leader who is just like completely cracking the whip like all the time on a bunch of menial things or things that are going to be... Um, things that you don't necessarily want to do if it's a leader who you respect and who you like will do it because it's that person. Like I'm doing it for Sarah. I'm doing it for Chris. Yes. Not I'm doing it because I like it or it's because my job is like, you know what? Yep. I want to, I have a level, I have a level of respect for them. Yeah. I know that I need to get this work done. Like, you know, like we need to move this along. I'll do it for them. Whereas if you have somebody who, you know, you don't like, or they don't like you or whatever, what, the minute they ask you to do something, it's like, mm, I got to go have a sandwich. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's so true. So I guess for, for folks that are listening or watching, check your attitude, right? Right, guys? That's the that's the deal. I, we've all worked with the people that, um, I don't know if people still do this or not. I used to be a smoker. So I would go outside for the smoke breaks and that's where like the bitch fest would happen, where everybody wanted to complain about this manager or that manager and how crappy the job was. And um, and I would get caught in those circles with those kinds of people so often. And I would, you know, at that job, I remember we had, I had a manager who she literally, she was the vice president and she would run up the hallway to her next meeting because she was always late, always hurried, just, you know, completely she loved her job, but she just wasn't well-managed at all. But um, anyway, I'm, de I'm derailing from my point. My point is if you want to move into a more senior leadership role, look at your attitude and what your mindset is. If you're around people that are a start with no kind of pers um, personalities, or if you're around people that are more cautious and and want to say, well, we tried this before. I mean, I'm all for um, wisdom and and you know, looking, learning from the past and things like that. But I also think that it's there's a there comes to be a point in your career where you need to decide that you're going to take a leap and you're going to take a leap of faith. And it needs to be faith in yourself. It needs to be faith in the job you're doing and the organization that you're working for and the people that you're serving and take that leap forward. So a critical turning point for me in my career was um, I ended up leaving this job under pretty bad circumstances. And on my way home from that job, I got a phone call from a recruiter to ask me if I would take a temp job at MITRE Tech, which is now called Noblis. And I worked in that job in HR and I looked at people's resumes all day long. That's all I did was look at people's resumes and I would go home and I would update my resume based on a format that I liked or the way that they had their bullets styled. And after about three months, I put my brand new resume out there and I got a call from a company called SPA out in Alexandria, Virginia. And the recruiter said, 
He's the best resume I've ever seen. I want to bring you in for an interview. I went in, interviewed, um, and I and I got the job. And then I, there were two jobs. There was like a junior and a senior. And I made a spreadsheet of why I deserved the senior job. And I got it. And I had to make a drive from Manassas to Alexandria every day. And on my drive every day, I said to myself, you will be the most positive person any of them have ever met. You are going to say yes to every question. You're going to learn this job backwards and forwards. And I coached myself every day. And that was the best job I ever had. That boss has referred me. I'm still friends with him. And I haven't worked for for him since 2004. So 16 years. And, And I'm still connected with him and his whole family. And that shift that I made in my attitude literally changed my career. I went from this horrible job to... I am going to learn how to do resumes. I am going to learn how to get myself into the role that I want. And my career has just soared since then. So if you want to move into a leadership role, check your attitude. Are are you saying no to things that you shouldn't be saying no to? Are you being held back by fear? Or are there things that you can say yes to? Are there people that you can start to actively care for in your job? Maybe someone you don't even like. What can you do to serve them and start to change your mentality of what can I get out of this promotion to what can I give? And that's what I coached that last client that just got that big um, job offer. I said, you got to be humble. You got to be humble. You got to be hungry. You got to go for it. But, but that humility and that service mentality and actually liking people is going to be critical to you being one of the crappy managers that people talk about to being one of those wonderful leaders that people admire and, and want to serve. And you believe people can change? Absolutely. I mean, I did. And, and my mom, my mom sat down, she took me to Olive Garden. No. Yeah. Olive Garden. And she sat down and she said, Sarah, you're dragging a dead body with you. (laughs) Because I'd had a couple bad jobs and I was taking all that baggage with me from job to job, starting jobs, being afraid. And I, you know, I was very young. I didn't have a degree. I was just taking jobs that I could get at that point in time. And she said, you have a, you have a choice. You're going to get much further if you drop the dead body. And that's why I literally had to tell myself, you are a positive person. And now I guarantee you, anybody that meets me will say that I'm probably one of the most positive people that they've ever met. And then I'm the person that's going to be, you know, bringing the joy into the room. So, yeah, I mean, I had to tell myself 45 minutes a day to do that, but it worked. (laughs) In fact, Dan says, make it an unconscious competence. Like it has to be subconsciously in your brain after a while. Um, Sarah, we are, we only have a few minutes today. I know we're short on time. So, Chris, do you want to ask your infamous Les? question before we wrap if you had one piece of advice to guide people to changing themselves to like people what would that be one piece of advice to guide people to change themselves i would ask people if they like themselves do you like who you are right now when you go to bed tonight are you happy with what you did today Are you happy with how you treated people? Did you love them well? Did you serve? And if you're not happy with who you are, and if you're not, you know, if you're not looking back on your day with pride and feeling accomplishment, you can change that. 
Brendan Burchard says he goes to bed every night and he asks himself three questions. Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? And I think those are great questions to ask yourself every day. And if you're really living, then you're serving people. Are you really loving people? Did you do something that matters? And asking yourself those three questions are going to give you a fundamental shift in your mindset. I really believe that. So that's what I would say. Wow. Check yourself. Awesome. <laughs> Before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Awesome point, Sarah. Jenny says, right before we wrap, really great book is The Energy Bus. Oh, I want to read it. Thank you, Jenny. So we're taking off. Chris has to go. We have day jobs. So. (laughs) Bye, guys. We all do. (laughs) Absolutely. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. We will see you next time. And um, everyone, thanks for your comments and all of the awesome engagement today. So we look forward to having another Breaking into Cybersecurity 2.0, which is the leadership series. Thanks, Sarah. Bye, everybody. Bye.